This week's episode is brought to you by The Polar Room. Chirotherapy is the newest trend towards achieving optimal health and beauty. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Danny Kavanagh and this is the Left of Field podcast. This week, I'm joined by four-time Australian boxing champion, Alex Winwood, and he's over in camp in Colorado and in preparations for the upcoming Tokyo Olympics. Now, he's a proud Noongar man. We speak about his identity. We speak about the sport in general, concussions, how he's been hard done by. We dive into it all, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's get straight into it. Alex Winwood, welcome to the Left of Field podcast. Uh, how are you going today? Yeah, I'm doing really well. It's, it's been a good day. Just winding down now. You're over in Colorado in a training camp ahead of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Tell me, what's this training camp? What's going on over there? What is your day-to-day like at the moment? How tough is it? Yeah, so we're training like two, two to three times a day with the USA Olympic boxing team. There's also the Jordan Olympic boxing team and part of the Filipino boxing team over here as well. So we do a little bit of like running in the morning and then probably like strength or some type of weights in midday, depending if they're sparring in the afternoon, which we join Team USA and the rest of the other team at the boxing gym and yeah, for about two hours with them. Sounds pretty intense. So can you tell everyone, what is the difference with flyweight boxing and other boxing? Obviously, it's the, the weight class is what makes it itself. Like, if you was to watch a fight between, say, like a flyweight, a middleweight and a heavyweight, you'd, you'd see the tempo changes. At flyweight, we a lot busier of a fight compared to some of the, the heavier weights. Um, a lot of the light, lighter weights, you'll see a lot more action within the fight. Not as many, like, substantial heavy punches. There's a lot of people in my division that do pack power. So, you know, don't... Don't put that aside. How do you qualify for the Olympic Games? Congratulations on that. It's very exciting. But how did you get to qualify? So you have to uh, represent your state at a national championship, obviously in an Olympic year lead up where you would go to the nationals. You have to win win your national championship. So you have to box off against however many opponents could be in your division. Then you're on the, the pre-Olympic selection team for representing Australia. Then you have to go overseas, fight at a continental championships and placed in however many quota spots so for mine there were six so i had to place the top six in my division which i had one fight i won i lost one so then i was in the box off um for the final two places because uh, i didn't make the, the medal rounds for my continental um and then i won that so that's how i qualified so down to the down to the wire and uh, did you were you confident though that that qualifying fight which was i believe in jordan but was meant to be scheduled in wuhan and then the coronavirus hit, thank God you weren't there. Um, were you confident that you were, you know, not going to take the loss and going to get into into the Olympics? Yeah, definitely. Like, I thought um, my fight uh, previous that I just lost, the one before that, that I boxed fairly well um, in, I lost, a, you know, two two rounds to one. So it was, it was quite close um, to a point. Um Obviously, I, I just like, kind of just let it go. Um, but the the final fight, I, I knew I was up against, and I was very confident that I was going to win that fight. Um, 
so you know it was there's a bit of a funny feeling that week like i think um the fight that i lost it was i had the it was the most strangest fight day i've ever had uh it was like no emotion um that whole day i was it was just very weird and i was i remember sitting on the bus driving there and i was thinking oh i feel a bit different than i usually do and i was like oh i won't worry about it like just try to pull it out of my head and then um i guess once once i didn't get the win and qualify in the, the second fight then it was actually really easy for me not to worry about that and i was just like okay i've got a box in two days and and beat this guy so yeah it was, it was a very interesting day that one and so how did you get into boxing Uh, my coach used to do some boxing lessons at the, the high school that I attended. Um, after a few lessons and that, um, it was a school holidays and I caught him um, when he was out on a walk and I was riding my skateboard and things like that. Uh, he just asked me to come down and if I wanted to and then my dad took me down there and yeah, I started training two times a week while playing footy and before I knew it, I was getting ready for a fight and then I started training three times a week, four times a week and many bouts later and a few years, or well, many years later as well, you know, we're at this point. Your career took off quite quickly because you almost qualified for the Rio Olympics when you'd only been in the sport for a couple of years. How did you feel that time around? Were you disappointed with not making the cut? I think I was very early in my career that I didn't understand the, the significance of it at, at the time after putting like a full Olympic cycle prep into it, knowing that that was the goal longer than a usual Olympic prep, obviously, because it was five years. It's, uh, I feel like I'm a lot more invested than I was when I was just starting out only a couple of years into it. And I was just happy for the experience back then. Yeah. You say you're invested in the sport and is that got a lot to do with the family ties that you have with the sport and the inspiration that it's kind of given you to help build your identity now? first cousin he was a boxer but i kind of didn't know that anyone boxed until i started boxing and then my mum and dad and my pop and all that started telling me about fights and things like that and i was like oh that's interesting i think it, the, the main drive was probably my coach you know like he he was a very prominent figure at the, at the time when I, when i started boxing he's just given me such great guidance and you know i really enjoyed his company and that's kind of like what what drove me to stay around boxing just to just to be around him and you know now the rest is history you mentioned off the top the tough schedule you're under training at the moment you also fight in the weight class of just 52 kilos what is the challenges with that how are calories on it you know when you're training how do you manage staying in that weight class i don't count my calories really i somewhat know how like how my body uh, reacts to eating and things like that and the weight's coming off pretty good i've built myself up over the last year like two years to sit a bit heavier than i have been just because i was a fairly small 52 so i needed to put a little bit of weight on but i haven't found it any more difficult than any other fights right now slowly losing the weight i'm very happy with where i am you know still eating a lot it's you know a little bit of different diet while we're over in america all in all it's been very good and so obviously coronavirus has messed up, uh, you know, a lot of things in this world and would the, you know, the postponement of the Olympic, what has that done to your chances, do you think, and your preparations? Are you feeling strong heading into these games? Yeah, I, I definitely do think so. I thought I was boxing quite well last year, just before the games. So I was very happy with that. And then with the delay and stuff, you know, just had to make do with the time and stay prepared and, and work on as much as we could over over the last 
would have been about a year ago that it got cancelled. So, you know, we've had all that time to, to work on stuff, watch our opponents, things like that, who we knew that was going. So, you know, I'm older now. I have to be more experienced after having a year off, even though, like, I haven't boxed in that time. But, you know, working in the gym every day is just... It's it's had to make me better. I feel better. I'm I'm boxing quite well while I'm over here, so I'm I'm happy with with whatever scenario was throwing my at me. Are you looking for a new way to boost your overall health, fitness, and wellness? Why not give pyrotherapy a go? Basically, it's a cool room you stand in in freezing temperatures for about three minutes, and afterwards you feel amazing. Honestly, your muscles, your skin, and your overall health feels great. There are massive benefits to this type of therapy. And the Polar Room are offering all you listeners 20% off your first session. So why not go in and give this trend a go and see what you think for yourself? We haven't had a bout in, you know, one and a half years now. What are your strengths that are going to be, though, coming into this Olympic? You say you're feeling good and you're confident. What have you worked on? Just technique, boxing style, tactics. I think we've had a fair, this has probably been my best camp. Like, I've had, I don't know how long we've been in camp now, maybe 12 weeks, 13 weeks. I've had off work and just been able to box, you know, train the whole time. So this has been hands down the best prep I've had. Now we're over in in America training with them um, once we leave here and in 10 days' time, then we're going to Japan early. We're going to Maizaki and we're going to join the German national team. And I think America's meeting us over there and, and maybe Italy, Italy, I'm pretty sure as well. So get to work with them like for the last two weeks before we head into the village. So I think preparation is going to be the key to, to getting a medal and, and winning there. Yeah. What is your goal coming to these Olympics? In my weight class, there's, there's 28. Uh, Every division is a little bit different, I'm pretty sure. I think some of them have 32 and some of them have like 24 or something like that. But I've been in there with, with the best. I've qualified through the hardest region in my division, Asia. We have like a stacked division. We had the Olympic champion, the world silver medalist, the world gold medalist, other people have medaled at Worlds. So for me to qualify through there shows that I, I belong with them. And, you know, after having that year and a bit off, I've, I've got to watch them. I've got to be familiar with them. I see that they're very beatable. They might not think of much of, of me, but that's good because I'm coming to be the underdog and, and I'm going to knock them all off their off their porch, eh? Like, they're, they're just not going to be in it. I truly believe in myself and that's something that's just grown enormously since since qualifying and, and watching all these guys and, and seeing all the flaws in their, in their boxing ability. That's great. I love those fighting words. So you're our highest-ranked Aussie now, about 154 in the world. You've always been quite vocal about you feeling that you have been robbed in some of your past fights and that you should have a higher world ranking. It is such a subjective sport. How do you deal with that? Oh, you know, it's water off a duck's back, really. I think when I was younger, I was a little bit more emotional, things like that. But, you know, we have our trials and tribulations and I'm just happy to be where I am today. And, you know, that's all I'm trying to focus on, really. So why do you think that you, you know, had been robbed of a few fights? Oh, you know, I guess it com- comes with, with the territory when, when you know that you're the, the best in your division in the country and, you know, you, you lose a, some local bouts, so, you know, you just scratch your head out. But it is what it is. Um, 
it, it did affect me at one point in a way where it got to the point where I was thinking, oh, you know, I put all this training in and then I, I get to these fights and I've trained hard and I fight hard and and the judges don't give me the result that, that I feel like I deserve. And, you know, but it, it is what it is. Uh, that's boxing. You know, you, you take them. I'm just happy with how my last performances have went. And this has always been the goal. So you've got to overlook some things like that. Yeah, no, a good outlook to have and a positive one. I do want to dive now into concussions. It's a big topic at the moment and yours being such a contact sport, how dealing with it? Yeah, it's, it's a, pretty scary sometimes, but you have to, it would be good if there was like mandatory scans, things like that, but there's not. But I think you need to understand when you take, and your coach, when you're taking too much punishment, that's when you have to, you know, walk away from the sport. And I don't feel like I, I take much punishment. So I, I'm still ha- happy and healthy. And I think I've got a many more years in the sport. Well, that's great. But how is the sport dealing with that at the moment? What is their current policy? Oh, so like if you get a, get a stoppage to the head, there's like four week cooldown period that you're not allowed to spar or fight or, or compete. Um, I think after that, if you you get stopped again then it goes to six months if you get stopped after that six months like within a certain time frame then it goes to like two years so they where you're not allowed to spar like do any contact in the gym and in competition but you know the coaches have to be very vigilant on that to not allow their their fighters to be sparring in the gym and after they've been given medical exemptions from fighting if you know what i mean yeah for sure and so what have you ever suffered from a concussion? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I haven't been stopped. I've been hit hard, like most people, and maybe like just yeah, a little bit hit hard, a little bit dazed in a in a fight or something like that. But I've always pulled up pretty good, and you know I've had concussion tests, but I've always passed. So yeah. So you're saying in the future you would like to see the the sport bringing c- compulsory concussion tests? <laughs> What more could they do to help? Yeah, and like maybe like some type of brain scan just to give them a baseline. Maybe when they get to a certain level, like a nationals or something, and just track them over their career. Because at the end of the day, it's like it's not like any other sport. You, you're really putting your health on the line. There's obviously been some tragedies in boxing, so the safer we can make the sport, the better it is for everyone, and and the more appealing it will be to bring young bloods into into the sport and knowing that they're going to be safe at the end of the day. Back when you're at home, you also have a full-time job, I hear. Yeah, so I, I'm an apprentice electrician. I'm in my third year. I work in Henderson in Perth at a ship shipping company, BAE Systems. We contract out to the Defence Force and we maintain and upgrade the Navy ships. So that's where I do my apprenticeship at. Planning to continue that or what is your goal, you know, after these Olympics? Are you going to focus more on boxing? What's the plan? I haven't really got to that point. I... I will have finished my apprenticeship just as I've been kind of juggling it with boxing this whole time. So once I get back, I'll, I'll have a look and see what, what moves I'm making for boxing and how that's going to affect my job and what how we can work around to make sure everything it's like a well-oiled machine still and, and get through it all. Yeah. So you were, for our listeners, if they didn't know, you were the first Indigenous Australian athlete selected for the Games, which is great, and you are a proud Noongar man. Got some pretty... Pretty sick used to wear ahead of these Olympics. What role has your culture played in your identity? Pretty big. Like, it's a very lonely sport. And, you know, with 
with the Aboriginal population in Australia, there's like less than than two percent or less than three percent. I'm pretty sure. So when I represent my culture in boxing, you know, I I understand that I'm a very small population of the boxing community in Australia, and I hope that that somehow reflects to to bring more young people into the sport, Indigenous, to see how they go. Because I've seen some kids with some unbelievable talent, and they just probably don't have the support to to take them to the the next levels. Like I, I know how hard it is financially and like time wise it, it takes to to run around the country. Because once you finish competing in your local area, you know you need to start looking interstate, and then after interstate wraps up and you're going internationally and Maybe for some of them, it's a it's a little bit hard to be away from the family and things like that. But you know, I think if I can do it, a lot of them can, and hopefully, I'm I'm setting a good example for them. Yeah, I definitely think you are a bit of an inspiration. Tell me about boots you're going to be wearing at the Olympics. They look pretty cool. Yeah, so I got them done by uh, my girlfriend's cousin, Melissa Spillman. So she's an Aboriginal artist, and she did my last one for the world championships. So it was only right that I asked her to to do these ones for the game and I'm bloody blown away of how well they came out. Like they're awesome when I see them. Yeah. Well, they look great. So hopefully they can bring you home the win. Well, I do like to ask all my guests on the show some words they like to live life by. Do you have any that you could leave with our listeners? Maybe such as life. That's going to be your words to pump you <laughs> up before you're, you're about on the, at the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, I probably won't get it on my stomach, but I'll 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 put it up there for now. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting to us today. Good luck at the Olympics and we hope that you can bring home a gold medal. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the 46th episode of the Left of Field podcast. Wow, wow, wow. I've done so many. Please go back and listen to any previous episodes that you might have missed. Plenty of Olympians in there. So if you're in the Olympic mood, hit them up. Otherwise, stay tuned. I'll be back in your ears again next week. So goodbye.